Section 3 of Miss Priscilla Hunter and My Daughter Susan by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Miss Priscilla Hunter, Chapter 3 Being All Things to All Women. Tramp, tramp! How many miles did Miss Priscilla walk during that three weeks' vacation? She didn't know, and so her list grew, she didn't care but even she had not realized the magnitude of the task which she had undertaken. Once she sat and moralized about it in the darkness of her room. She was economizing coal oil for the sake of the church debt. It was a chink from which she saw that one of those odd dimes could drop. And such chinks were few in her life of toil and pinch. She sat there alone by a bit of a fire, for the autumn days were chill and frosty, when they were not damp and foggy, in the extreme. She had made some curious calls that day. "'I don't wonder,' she said, thinking aloud, according to her fashion. "'I don't wonder that old woman said it took all sorts of folks to make a world, and for her part she was glad she wasn't one of em. Sensible old woman! If one only needn't be one of em!' If a body could climb up somewhere on a hill and look down on all these humans and feel herself a hundred thousand miles above em, why, then, a body could breathe better. I wonder now if that ain't a little bit like what heaven is. Feeling in a good, glad, clean, comfortable sense, without a speck of pride in it, that you've got above it all. All the worry and fuss and pinches and scrimps and stings and bruises, and meannesses, and debts, for ever and ever. But then, dear me, the widow Dixon will get there too. Well, that's nice, I'm sure. It is a blessed thing that some day she will get her soul clean out of that little cramped-up body of hers, and have room to breathe. How she will look down on herself, though, the part of her that she lived down here in the hollow." Well, for the matter of that, Priscilla Hunter, so will you. Don't you go to getting puffed up. Pity's sake, if you weren't going to be a better woman by ten thousand times when you get to heaven than you are here, why, heaven would be an out-and-out -out disappointment, that's all. And there will be no such thing as that hateful word up there, bless the Lord. Haven't I his own word for it? Didn't he say we should be satisfied? I wonder what it feels like to be satisfied. There's a pair of shoes gone towards the debt, a hole clear through one of them, and a grinning place in the other that will be a hole long before I have tramped this town over many times more. Well now, Priscilla Hunter, what are you talking about? The Lord knows that you counted the cost, and then deliberately gave these three weeks, shoes and all, to the cause. I don't know that it makes any difference to you whether anybody else ever knows it or not. You needn't be a mite afraid about the shoes, either. He can manage to have you get a pair of shoes, I guess, when you need em. It is a mercy that you haven't got that to worry about. Miss Priscilla's interview with the widow Dixon, which lay somewhat heavily on her heart, is worthy of a word of detail. The widow Dixon belonged to that class of persons who, with house and garden and farm and cattle and barns well stored, and with a fair proportion of this world's goods converted into railroad and bank stock, 
yet apparently firmly expect to end their days in the poorhouse, or at least to come to poverty. Moreover, the widow Dixon knew what it was to understand other people's duties for them. "'It is a burning shame that they have let this debt hang on so,' she exclaimed, waxing into the excited state the minute the subject was mentioned. "'I've said it a hundred times. The church needn't ever hope to prosper so long as it shirks its honest debts in the kind of way ours has, and I say it is a sin and a shame.' "'So it is,' interrupted Miss Priscilla in a soothing tone. "'What I say is, let's pay it now and be done with it.' "'Oh, yes, Miss Hunter. You and I who have nothing to pay with can talk that way till the next century, and it won't do any good. I say let those who are rolling in wealth, so much money they don't know what to do with it, shoulder the burden and carry it. That's the way to do it.' but they won't shoulder it, Miss Dixon. I'm willing enough to have em use their shoulders, and I've been waiting for their shoulders till I'm sick and tired of it. Now I'm going to use my own, and you must put yours against mine and give a lift with the rest. Not I. I've said I wouldn't give a cent towards that debt, and I don't believe I will. It never ought to have been made in the first place. A church running in debt— I'm never in debt, and I don't run around the town coaxing people to put their shoulders to the wheel and help me pay my grocery bill. Of course you don't, Miss Dixon, and you are not going to begin it now, at this late day. When your grocery bill comes due, you just put your hand in your pocket and bring out the money, and that's exactly what I want you to do today. This is your bill, a piece of it, as much as it is mine and Mr. Merchant's and all the others. There's no benevolence about it, nor charity, nor nothing of that kind. I ain't around begging just now. I'm good at that, too, when the right time comes, and I mean to do some of it before long. But all in life I'm doing now is just presenting folks's bills and asking em to pay their debts. It's all mapped out, each one his and her share." Some of em won't pay their share, to be sure, and some others will have to come in and help pay their bills, just as we have to help pay the grocery bills for the town's poor. But you don't expect me, of course, to go to Deacon Jones or Mr. Merchant and beg a little money to help pay your debt with. I reckon you're too honest a woman for that. You see, it's a mere matter of business, and what they give towards it has no more to do with your share than what I give towards paying my grocer's bill has to do with you paying yours. Don't you see? No, I don't. I must say you always could make white look black if you wanted to. What I say is, I'm too poor to give anything to the church this year. It is as much as I can do to support my family. It isn't as if I were rich, I'd be willing if I had the money that some have to pay the whole debt and be done with it. I wish to the life you had it then, just to shame some of those who won't pay their share and make it necessary for somebody to go begging for em. It'll come to that, I dare say, because there's some folks that just won't pay their debts, and you can't help yourself, 
so I'm free to confess that I may have to come around again and get you to take a tug at other folks's duties, and then of course you'll have a chance to say which you will do, yes or no. But I'm not after anything of the kind today, haven't got to it yet. All I want now is for you to pay your debt, the part of it that belongs to you and nobody else. That's every earthly thing that I'm after. So come, don't let me take any more of your time. And she actually befuddled that woman into putting down in black and white the sum that was her fair share of the debt in question. Her comment as she clicked the latch of that gate was, Well, well, St. Paul got along nicely being all things to all men, I dare say but if he had tried being all things to all women, I ain't sure but he'd have given up in disgust. Not that I mean to, to be sure, but then I'm a woman. All sorts of people she dealt with. There was Miss Almina St. John, a gay young member of the church, who when accosted by Miss Priscilla answered, Oh, horrors! I don't know anything about money or debts, I always send my bills to Papa, and he pays them, and that is all I have to do with it. All right, said Miss Priscilla, whipping out her pencil from her great pocket. That's easy done. Just write a note directing him to pay your share of this debt, and I've no manner of doubt he'll do it. He's not the man to refuse a just bill. But I don't understand. What on earth are you talking about? why don't you go to papa for a subscription if you want money what do i know about it or what is it to me why bless your heart child i have been to him for his part but i supposed young ladies like you had your pin money and out of it were supposed to pay your small debts your share isn't large to be sure but it needs paying just the same as though it were I didn't understand that I was to take it to your father. If that's the way, just write your note, and I'll tramp back there with it in a twinkling. What an idea! said Miss Almina thoughtfully. An idea really was beginning to penetrate through her frizzes. Send an order for Papa for a church debt. He would think I was demented. Why, Miss Priscilla, if he has subscribed, there is an end of it, I should think. I can't for the life of me see why. He didn't pay your share, only his own. If he eats his dinner, I suppose that isn't the end of it. You have to eat yours besides. There's the church, and you own a share in it. You helped get it into debt. You step on the carpets and sit under the gaslight, and wear out the cushions every Sabbath day when you are not too tired or too sleepy, or too something, to come to church. Anyway, you have contrived to wear out the little share I've here put you down for. There's the strangest notions that I'm out on this tramp for the sake of benevolence. I haven't a benevolent idea in my head, and don't mean to have till this debt is paid. It's justice we're after now. Honesty, common honesty. Are you going to pay your share, child, or shall I put you down on the pauper list to be looked after by the church at large? Then the fair Almina laughed outright. What funny notions, she said. Let me see my share. The idea, is that all that belongs to me? That's just a trifle. 
I have an allowance, of course, but it would be so comical to take any of it for such a purpose. Though, after all, as you say, I don't know why I shouldn't. Only it is so funny. If I do it, the girls all ought to. Don't you mean to make the girls all do it, Miss Priscilla? I make them, said Miss Priscilla, snapping her keen gray eyes at the fair frizzled head. I make the girls in our church pay their debts. Have we any really dishonest ones among us? Of course, if they can pay anything, they'll pay this. Well, it's the funniest thing I ever did in my life, laughed Miss Almina. But she did it, wrote her aristocratic name in delicate, unreadable Latin tracery, and added in good honest figures the sum which Miss Priscilla had specified as her fair share of the debt. And thereafter she talked her idea to all the girls, to say nothing of the boys. Unwittingly Miss Priscilla had secured an ally, and greatly she rejoiced thereat. End of section 3